Now, if you need a Bible, chuck your hand up. There should be some people coming around with Bibles. Um, get on that. All right, Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. All right, Jody's going to hop up and he's going to explain that to us. Oh, James, what a legend. Give James a clap. How was that, eh? Good on him. All right, free book. Rock and roll. All right. How are we doing tonight? Going good? Oh, someone's really good. And everyone else is okay by the sound of it. All right, well, tonight we are going to be looking at the big decision. The big decision. You know, in your life, you are going to have to make a lot of decisions, heaps of decisions. Even just to get here tonight, you had to make a lot of decisions. For some of you, they were easy decisions, but for some of you, really hard decisions. You go, my mates are going to be there. What am I going to wear? All right, am I going to wear my Converse? Am I going to wear my Vans? Do my Vans go with my Chinos? Or should I wear, I don't know, my Birkenstocks? Are they still cool? Do I wear socks with them? Do I not wear socks with them? Do I wear, like, horizontal stripes? Are they good? Or are vertical stripes in? There are a lot of big decisions. For some of you, just like getting out of bed, big decision. You're lying down. You're like, do I, do I even get up today? I could just do nothing. And a lot of you are like, yes, amen, that's me. Get me back to sleep, get me back to sleep. But you make heaps of decisions every single day, heaps of decisions. But what do you reckon, what do you reckon the biggest decision you will ever make will be? The biggest decision you will ever make? I reckon that's a really tricky question. And so we thought we'd get some help on this. And we went around and asked a bunch of you guys what you reckon the biggest decision you ever will make will be. Chuck your eyes to the screen. See what people come up with. There you go. Bunch of different things, right? Um, there was still a question in there that I feel like we never really got the answer to, right? Can I get Jake Reed up the front? Is Jake Reed here? Uh, 
Now, I feel like I didn't quite get it. Was it sausage roll or meat pie? Sausage roll. All right. Yeah, you can have the meat pie, James. Well done, my man. There you go. I think that's a really tricky question, right? What's the biggest decision I'll ever make in my whole life? That's a really tricky question. It could be, what shoes do I wear to my year 12 formal? All right, it could be that. Some guys are thinking, I don't think I need to wear any shoes, but, you know, but maybe it's, what do I do after school? Will I go to uni? If so, what uni? Will I go to TAFE? What TAFE? Will I go get a job straight out? What will that look like? Will I take a gap year? They're big decisions. Where will I live? Maybe I'll move somewhere else in Australia. Might move down to Melbourne, might move to Perth. Maybe I'll move overseas and go somewhere a bit more exotic than that. Or maybe, you know, will I just live out my days in Narara or something lovely like that, right? Big decision. Maybe it's, who will I date? Or for a lot of us, who will date me, <laughs> like, right? Who will I date? Who will I marry? These are big, big decisions. And lots of them seem huge. <laughs> you put them all out and you go, man, they all seem pretty big to me. But the question we're looking at tonight is which is the biggest decision you will ever make? That's really hard. Well, I want to say that the way you work this out, the way you work out which of all of those decisions is the biggest decision, the most important decision, is by seeing which decision will impact you the most. Which one will impact you the most? In Luke 14, the the chunk of the chapter we read earlier, Jesus is showing us that there is one decision that matters more than any other decision. One decision that trumps all others. Because your decision here will dictate where you go after, after you die forever. Forever. Now that, that is a big decision. And it's all about what you do with an invitation that you've been given an invitation you've been given. So come with me to Luke chapter 14, the bit that we read before, and the first big thing we're going to see from this tonight is that you've scored the invite to heaven and it is going to be epic, all right? That's the first big thing we're going to see. Luke 14, we've got Jesus at a party, Jesus at a party. It's a bit of a funky party though, something weird's going on because Jesus has only been invited to this party so that these guys here can kind of catch him out can make him say something wrong, make him look bad, and instead, he just kind of ends up roasting everyone instead, as he tends to do. But as he's been doing that, he's been talking about heaven. He's been talking about heaven. And check out what one guy says in verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. This guy is stoked. This guy is pumped, right? He's heard Jesus talking about heaven and he's saying, oh man, how good is it going to be for the people in heaven? How good is it going to be to be in heaven? And so Jesus, hearing this guy, decides to start telling a story which doesn't sound like it's about heaven, but that's what he's getting at. Are you ready? Come check out what he says in verse 16. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who have been invited, come, for everything is now ready. And so we start getting this picture of what heaven is, what heaven is going to be like. It's like a banquet. It's like a feast, right? Now, I reckon for some of us, that doesn't actually sound that epic, right? Because <laughs> we, we kind of get whatever food we want whenever we want it. And so we hear banquet, feast, and it just sounds like, I've got five bucks, I go to the canteen, I get what I want, right? But back in the day, most people didn't have hectic amounts of food, and so a feast, a banquet, that was epic, right? That was really, really good. Does anyone here watch Survivor? Yes, I love Survivor, right? I think we're up to about season 103 or something, like, there are so many seasons, but they get these random group of people to go to this island, and they just kind of leave them there for a month or two months or whatever, and so they start getting really skinny, they're getting scrawny, and they do challenges, and if you win the challenge, you get something good, and there's always, like, at least one episode in the season where the prize, if you win that as your team, is you get a feast, and these guys, like, they get a feast like that and they, like, you've never seen someone as excited as they are at that point. They're just, like, crying, like, I just love watermelon, I haven't had it, right? They're just freaking out, they're crying, they're yelling, they're screaming, because all they've had is, like, rice and know, bugs or something, right? They, ha- they haven't had much and so a feast, that's, like, as good as it could possibly get. These guys are stoked, Jesus here is saying, heaven's like that. Heaven's like a feast when you haven't had much, because it is epic. People would be stoked to go to heaven. They would be so excited to go to heaven. They'd be stinging for it. I reckon if Jesus were to say this directly to us, he'd say something like, you know, a certain man was preparing a festival, and it's got all your favorite bands playing, and all your favourite food is there in the little pop-up stalls or the little food trucks or things like that. It's got everything you want there. That's what heaven is like. That's how epic it's going to be. Now, I don't know what that would look like for you, what your personal favourite festival would be. Mine, guilty pleasure, right? Mine would look like Keith Urban and ribs. That'd be mine, right? Bit dorky. That would be my favourite thing, I reckon. I wonder what yours would be. You're thinking of bands in your head now. You might think, I hate bands. I'd rather there just be a PlayStation or something. Whatever it is, whatever makes you go, ah, oh, that's epic. I want to be there. Jesus is saying, that feeling is what heaven's going to be like. That's what heaven's going to be like. Whatever it is, it's going to be epic. And the big thing, you are invited to heaven. You've scored the invite. TV shows like to... Um, kind of show heaven as being super boring. Have you ever seen that? And so there's just like, there's clouds everywhere, and you've got the little baby angel off to the side plucking the harp. I don't, is plucking the harp the right term? I don't know, right? But they're playing the harp, and it's just super boring. I don't want to be there, right? It's the place where you only eat frozen yogurt, that type of stuff. It just makes it look super lame, super lame. But what we see here is that heaven is going to be epic. It's going to be the best. Heaven's going to be amazing, and you want to be there, and you've got the invite. No one is going to be bored in heaven. 
No one's going to be bored in heaven because it's living forever with the God of the universe who created everything that is epic, everything that's good, everything that's fun, God's thought of. And so living with Him forever is going to be a good time. No one's going to be bored in heaven. But not only will heaven be full of good stuff, it's going to get rid of all the bad stuff as well. A part in the Bible, a little bit later on, tells us a bit of what heaven's going to be like. It's going to come up on the screen. It says this, talking about the people who are going to be in heaven, Christians, they will be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. Here's what it's going to be like. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. No more crying, no more pain, no more death, no more broken relationships, no more split up families, no more bullying, no more sickness, no more anxiety that cripples you, no more depression, no more cancer. That's heaven. Isn't that a place that if you think about it, you long for. You hear that, and whether you think it's legit or not, you hear a place that's like that, and you go, oh, that sounds amazing. You've scored the invite. You've got the invite there. And you might be thinking, well, of course I've got the invite, I get the invite to most things, but this invite is crazy. It is crazy that you get this invite because none of us deserve it. None of us deserve this invite because we've all rejected God. We've all sinned against God. We've rebelled against God. We've lived our lives in a way that's the opposite of how He's told us to. The complete opposite of how God's designed us is the way that we've decided to live. We've rebelled against the guy throwing the party. There's no way we should be let in. There's no way we should be invited. We don't deserve heaven. Every person deserves hell. Now, that might be a new thought for you. But the Bible is very clear, every person deserves hell as punishment for the wrong that we've done to God, the one who made us, who gave us everything we have, our life, our breath, everything. Because we've rebelled against Him, we deserve punishment. Every person deserves hell. But, (laughs) even though we don't deserve heaven, God has made a way for it to be possible for us to get there. He's made a way. He comes into the world, the world that had rejected Him, amongst us, and He dies, Jesus. And as He dies, He's not just dying an ordinary death like someone we know might, He's doing something incredible, He's doing something absolutely wild as He does that. And this is why Jesus is such a big deal. As He dies, He's in your place. When you look at Jesus dying, 
you should see you, because <laughs> Jesus is dying in your place. Another verse is going to jump up on the screen for us. It says this in 1 Peter, for Jesus also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Jesus, the righteous, weird word, right? The good, the perfect, the one who had never wronged God. Jesus swapped with you the unrighteous, the sinful, the rebel, the one who rejected God. Jesus was in your place. So that as he dies, he's taking on all the punishment that I should have taken, all the punishment you should have taken, all the wrongs that you have done, Jesus copped it. Jesus took it on in your place. And he did it to bring you to God, to bring you to God. We can only be invited into heaven because of the work of Jesus. That's the only way we can. This is like the opposite of school. The opposite of school, opposite of uni. In school, uni, if you work real hard, if you do all the things that you need to do that are laid out, if you work real hard and do as much as you can, you'll pass your assignments, you'll do the stuff you need to get done, right? Lots of people think getting into heaven is like that. If I work hard enough at it, I'll get there. If I'm really good, God will see that and let me in. If I just do better than however I was before, surely that'll be enough to get me in. If, I, if I'm really nice to people, if I give some money to charity, if I obey my parents, if I'm just a better bloke, if I stop swearing, if I stop drinking, if I just do those things, I'll be fine. I'll be all G, I'll be good. But the Bible is very clear that's not what gets us there. Come check out Luke 14 again with me. I want you to run your eyes over that bit we read. How much did these guys have to pay to get into the banquet? How much did they have to pay? How much did they have to do to get there? What stuff did they need to bring with them? What did they do themselves to get that? Nothing. If you're struggling to find it, you've nailed it, right? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Nada. This is a free event because Jesus has done everything needed, everything necessary to bring you to God, to get you the invite to heaven. Jesus has done all of it. He's paid the price. He's bought the ticket. He wants you there. He loves you. He wants it for you. You can have it. Heaven can be yours if you accept the invitation. That's the thing about invitations. You've got to accept them, right? But here's the sad thing. Heaps of people decide to decline. They decide to decline. This sounds like such a good deal, right? Such a good deal. The best thing ever and free. But people still decide to decline. In this story that Jesus is telling, there are a bunch of people who decide to decline. Did you see them in there? There are a bunch of people who decide to decline. 
Let's, have, let's go through them, right? So verse 17, he's, he's gotten the banquet ready. It's ready to go. He's already invited them and he's just going out to say, all right, it's all ready, come on in. Now, what he's doing here, he's initially talking to the Jews, right? God's people. He's saying, it's time, here's the one you've been waiting for. But as they reject him, we learn a valuable lesson. If we look at these, there is a huge warning for us too. There is a huge warning for you if you take this. Check out the first dude's response, verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, oh, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now, I reckon all of us have a mate who has an excuse for everything, right? Has everyone got that mate who's just always, yeah, always got an excuse? You ask them to do something and they're like, ah, sorry, man, new FIFA just came out, I'm going to be busy for a little bit. Or, you know, you want to go for a walk and they say, oh, walk, yeah. Oh, new season of Downton Abbey just came out. And this episode had one old English person telling one other old English person something weird about England, right? I can't miss it. I can't miss it. If you don't have a mate like that, you're the mate, all right? You're probably the mate, right? Or you you ask someone out on a date and they're like, oh, a date. I got to um, wash my cat that day. Uh, Look, top tip, if someone says that to you, they're definitely interested. Keep going. Yeah, keep going with that, right? But, But this guy's like that. This guy's got an excuse to this. This guy's, sorry, man, I bought a field and I got to go check out my field. You know how it is. But here's the thing. There's no way this guy hasn't seen this field before, right? You don't buy it without looking at it. He knows what it is and it's going to be there the next day. The field isn't just going to up and leave, right? Fields can't do that, but he hits decline. What about the next dude? Verse 19. Another said, oh, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Now, this guy misses the party because of oxen. Now, that's just a load of bull, right? (laughs) Thank you, everybody, right? Thank you. Thank you very much, right? But same as the last dude, he would have tried them before. This is not a legit excuse and they're going to be there the next day. This isn't a good excuse at all. Let's check out the last guy, verse 20. Still another said, I just got married and I can't come. Now, come on. We've all seen this mate before, haven't we? The boys are like, mate, come on, come and hang out. He's like, I've got to hang out with the missus. Got to hang out with Bay, with Boo, right? But it's not like this guy's just left his wedding. Like, he's not still in his tux and just leaving, Right? He can go to this thing. He can go to the party. Take her with you. It's going to be fine, right? But he's got his excuse and he is sticking with it. Now, you'll notice, right, none of these excuses or the reason that they say they can't go, none of them are just bad things. They're not like, sorry, I can't go. I'm going to go kill people or something, right? They're they're not bad things. Having property, a good thing. Having stuff, a good thing. Having relationships, a good thing. None of these are bad things. But are they good enough 
to miss out on heaven for? Because these guys all declined the best thing forever for a good thing for a while. And that's their big mistakes. They all had their own excuses. What's your excuse? Maybe your excuse is that you want to have a good time now. You want to have a good time now. I mean, you're talking about this thing that happens after I die, maybe. Cool. I want to have the best life now. I want to go to the parties now. I want to get high now. I want to get wasted now. I want to sleep around with whoever I want now. I want to get heaps of money now so I can do whatever I want now. That's the way people think. I want to travel around. I want to do whatever I want with my life without this Jesus guy telling me what to do. If you choose that now, you will miss out forever. You will miss out forever. You will look back at that decision and think, I was an idiot for choosing that over heaven. Don't miss the best thing forever for good things now that you like. Maybe your excuse is your mate's. (laughs) You know, you know really that Jesus is who He says He is. You know deep down that what He says about you is true. You know that this invite is legit. You know it in your heart, but you don't know what your mates will think if you go along with it. Or maybe you do know and it's not good. You, you might think that accepting this stuff, deciding this, will mean that your mates think you're weird. What if they don't want to hang with me anymore? There are those of you here tonight who worry more about what the person next to you thinks of you than where you will spend forever. You're willing to give up the feast of heaven, the best thing forever, for a like from your mates. But if you do that, you will miss out forever. Is that your excuse? And others of you don't have a particular excuse at all, but you just figure that you know, maybe I'll do the Christian thing later. I'll do my thing for a bit, and then when I'm a bit older, I'll do the Christian thing, sure. But honestly, do you think you'll do that? Do you really think you will? The longer that you spend hitting decline on this invite, the more likely you are to keep doing it forever. Plus, how how do you even know what time you have to do this. You say you'll do it in the future. When? How do you know you'll be here? Do you know when you'll die? Of course you don't. Last year, three and a half thousand people under the age of 30 died. Now, this isn't just to scare you or anything like that, but don't be so silly as to think you know that you'll just do it in the future. I'll just do it later. What if you're too late? What if you miss your chance? If you know that this is legit, then why would you leave it any longer? I had a mate who I I went through school with. Um, He came along to stuff like this. He'd come along to youth, come along to church. He'd do the whole bits and pieces. He'd do it all right. But he figured that he'd have fun while he was in high school. He'd have fun while he was in uni. And after, then I'll do the Christian thing. When I settle down, 
you know. I'll start trusting in Jesus when I settle down, maybe have a family, kids, then I'll start doing that when life gets a bit boring. But he is further away from trusting Jesus now than ever before. Than ever. The older you get, as you get older, you just get more stuck in the ways that you've been doing. Don't think you'll just suddenly change. You just get less and less and less likely to accept this invitation as you get older. Don't trust future you to make this decision. Do it now. There is no excuse, there is no excuse worth missing this for. There are plenty of excuses, but none of them are worth missing this for. Check out the warning that Jesus gives in verse 24. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. What would you possibly put in front of this? Nothing deserves that spot. But you've still got time to accept this invitation because the invitation still stands. It still stands. You've you've got to make the decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to accept it or are you going to decline it? That's the biggest decision you will ever make. But I reckon a lot of you think that this is just like an event on Facebook, right? Where you get three options. First one, going. Second one, not going. Third one, which is probably the most clicked button in the whole world is... Like, maybe, maybe, right? Going, not going, maybe, maybe, right? There is no third option here. There is no maybe. Saying maybe is just saying no and feeling a little bit better about it. But maybe is a no. To say maybe means that right now your answer is no. But the Bible makes it very clear there's only those two options. Check out this verse on the screen. It's from John chapter 3. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Do you see the two options? Option number one, You believe in the Son, you trust Jesus, is what that's saying. You trust that Jesus has died in my place, that what He said about me is true, I have sinned against God, but that He has done everything needed, everything necessary to mend that relationship, that He's done everything needed to bring me back to God. And the outcome of that is eternal life. The feast of heaven forever is yours accept the invitation. But there is the second option. You reject Jesus. You want to do things your own way. You pick one of the excuses and you choose it as your own. You reject Jesus and what He's done and say that it's not legit. You refuse to hand over your life to Jesus and the outcome of it, you will not see life because God is still angry. The punishment that your sin deserved will still be on you second option. There is no other one. There's no maybe. 
which will you decide? This is the biggest decision you will ever make. By far the biggest decision you will ever make. It's more important than where you go to school. It's more important than what you do after school. It's more important than who you will date. It's more important than who you marry. It's more important than any of the things we've already spoken of. It's even more important than what shoes you wear to your formal, crazy as you might think. This decision will matter forever. Forever. Will you accept the invitation that's being handed out? Or will you reject it? Will you be in heaven forever? Now, you might not have come here tonight thinking you were going to make a decision like that. But we're all in that boat. We're all going to make a decision tonight. Every single one of us. You'll either decide to accept this invitation and trust Jesus, or you will decide to decline. They're the two options. And my hope and my prayer is that many of you tonight will decide to accept this. That there'll be heaps of you tonight who start trusting in Jesus, who decide to accept this invitation. I'm going to pray. As I do that, I'm going to get the the band to come up. And if that's what you've decided to do, if you've decided to start trusting in Jesus tonight, then I'm going to, uh, I want you to pray with me in your head, and I'm going to pray three things. I'll tell you what we're going to pray. The first thing I'm going to say, I'm sorry for my sin. I, I recognize that I have sinned against you, God, and I'm sorry for that. Two, I'm going to say, thank you so much for Jesus. <laughs> thank you that He came and He died in my place that He did everything necessary to bring me to God, that He took the punishment I deserved. And third, I'm going to say, would you please help me to live for you now? Would you please help me to live for you? So if you decide to follow Jesus tonight, to accept this invitation, that is the best decision you've ever made. It is so exciting. Let's pray. God, we thank You for tonight. We want to thank you for the time that we've been able to spend in your word. God, we are sorry for our sin. I recognize that I've sinned against you. I've not lived the way I ought. I'm sorry. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died in my place that He took the punishment that I deserved and that He rose again. And please help me to live for You, even when it's hard, all the days of my life. Amen.